Today on the pod, we have the head football coach at Orange High School, Zeb Schroeder. Uh, coach Schroeder is going to talk about who his sports heroes were growing up, how and why he landed the job at Orange, and advice for a young coach. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Kennedy, and today I have the head football coach of Olentangy Orange High School, Zeb Schroeder. Coach, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Any chance we can talk about sports, man, I'm going to take that. So how old are you and what do you teach there at Olentangy Orange? So I am uh, 41 years old. Um, I teach uh, U.S. history here at the high school and um, you know, social studies teacher. Uh, so been doing that for I don't know, almost 20 years now. Doesn't seem possible. So could you teach any other subject other than history? Uh, well, I, I know I couldn't teach math. I think my math, uh, it, the knowledge start is it, it came to a stop at the foil method as a concept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think English would be fun. I think, you, you know, the, um, getting in and diving into books, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, um, you know, I, I really love the, um, what our department, um, like family and consumer science does. I think that would be a great, great uh, subject to teach as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do, I, I pinch myself every day sometimes because, you know, when you have such a passion for something, you come in and you get to like, man, I get to teach American history and, um, uh, you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly of American history, but it, it's, it's very interesting and, um, love what I do for sure. That's awesome. So how, uh, how did you enjoy or not enjoy the transition from trying to teach remotely? Cause history obviously is one of the, uh, the, the easier subjects to try to do that with. I look at the foreign language or, you know, some in math, that would be really tough. How'd it go for you? Yeah, it, it you know, it was an adjustment. Um, thankfully, you know, we, like a lot of educators, educators across the state, we use the Schoology platform. And, um, you know, thankfully I had started to move, um, more and more to Schoology and, and doing things on there, um, you know, over the last three or four years. So it wasn't like I was starting from scratch. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of a head start that way. Um, but it was different, you know, um, you, you don't know, you know, that when you put something out there and, and, you know, the first few hours, only a couple kids do it. And then a few hours later, a couple more kids have done it. You know, it's like, I don't know. That's hard to get used to. It's just having people working at their own schedules. <laughs> and then you got to eventually go back and make sure that everybody understood the content. I feel like as, as a teacher, I, one of the things I enjoy the most is like just interacting with the kids and being up front of the kids. So um, I did miss that. And, you know, hopefully we get back here to normal as soon as possible. Absolutely. It's a little hard to build up those relationships, uh, you know, through, through a computer and remote learning. But yeah, it is what it is. So how's football been going so far this summer for you guys? I think you have it as a coach and a teacher, well, leader of anything, you know, you have to make the best of the situation, you know, the, the, the hand you've been dealt where you're at. And um, it's funny sometimes when you do that, you, you stumble on different ways of doing things. You're like, Oh, this is actually, I kind of like this. And, um, you know, it takes maybe an extreme circumstance like this to kind of get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. And so 
coming full circle. I, you know, I, it's going really well because I've really enjoyed working with the small groups. Um, you know, we are very fortunate here. Um, I, you know, I have an incredible um, coaching staff, and uh, just about everyone on our staff is is a, is an educator. Um, whether it be in our district or another district. And, you know, so they have this, the summer flexibility uh, to be here for workouts, you know, so we would have, you know, we were, um, you know, our phase one, when we got back started, we had, we had to work out with just nine kids um, and one coach. And so that, but that ended up to be a, a really good thing. You know, like we could, that position coach really got to know his players a little bit more than, than before, you know, cause we could, we hadn't seen each other in two and a half months. Um, and you know, just whether it be talking about ball or talking about life or, you know, just getting to know each other, I just feel like those interactions, um, maybe we didn't have before when we, when we were working in bigger groups. Um, so that's something I think down the road, we're going to continue to do that when we, when we start our summer phase, you know, we're going to work in small groups and small pods. Um, you know, I think it's forced us to, um, to get better with technology and being able to, you know, maybe we don't have to come to the school to meet and do this, that, you know, we, maybe we can do it on a, you know, a Skype call or, you, you know, um, we can video ourselves or, or whatever that may be. So uh, it's funny, you know, the, like I said, these extreme circumstances, you, you, you come sometimes stumble on some positive things and different ways to do things. Uh, so, so for you, where did you get your love and passion for football? Well, you know, I mean, going back as long as I can remember I, I just I loved all sports um and and I you know I can remember like in the 1988 Olympics I was 10 years old and I feel like I watched it 24 7 I didn't care if it was fencing or <laughs> or whatever it was you, you know I just love the 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 heart of human competition right and, and teamwork and you know so um I grew up in, in a, a small town called Archibald Ohio um in northwest Ohio and, you know, sports was a big part of our culture. And, and really, whatever season it was, it was the most important sport, you know. Um, so when it was football season, it was really important. And, you know, thankfully for me, when I was, you know, in those formative years when you're growing up, our football program, you know, John Downey was our head football coach. And I think that in the 1980s, they had, we won over 100 football games. So you think about that, in 10 seasons, wow. over 100 games, um, won a state championship in 1988. You know, my fourth and fifth grade year, I was the ball, uh, ball boy slash water boy. I was a manager for the team um, with me and my, myself and three or four of my buddies about the same age. And, you know, so just being around that and seeing that importance, um, I guess that's probably where I first developed a, a love for football. And then maybe then on the back end, um, you know, when I started my teaching and coaching career, um, I, I coached for Ed Twilliger at Olentangy for two years. And, you know, going from Archbold, which was a small town, to Olentangy, which was this large suburb, I mean, it was it was culture shock for me. I, saw, I got to see what, oh, this is what a big school football program is like. Ed – and there's nobody better in running, like running a program. I mean, Ed did it the right way and, and created so much um, enthusiasm for football. And, and then, you know, Steve Hale was on that staff, which I'm sure your listeners know who Steve is. You know, it just came from Shelby. Um, well, it, and then he went to Groveport and he was back at Olentangian as, as an assistant when I first got out of college. And then he took the Olentangian Liberty job, which was a new school. And, um, I went with Steve and, you know, the, the, the awesome, I developed, you know, we taught right next to each other and we, you know, we knew each other well and he, he gave me a lot of responsibility. I mean, I was 24 years old and, um, you know, having that responsibility, seeing 
you know, him as a leader and, you know, the success we had, it just made me love football coaching, you know, cause I, I played college baseball and, um, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, five years prior, I was never, never thought that, you know, I'm going to be a high school football coach, uh, especially a head coach. Uh, but I just, you know, got ingrained in, in being around those guys and, um, and it, there's just nothing like it, the, the impact you can have on such a large group of young guys. So I'm sorry, that was a long answer. But, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's, what we're, that's what we're here for. Man. We're, we're here to listen to Zeb Schroeder's life yeah. about sports, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so when you're a kid, like you said, growing up in a small town, um, you know, you, you know everybody. Uh, you're playing backyard football. You're playing on recess. Who were you when you're playing on recess? Were, were you the quarterback? Who did you try to be? Were you like a Joe Montana type? <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I, honest to goodness, I, I would imitate being Archbold high school football players. I you love know? it. I like, love it. I, I, I wanted to be Lane Thrasher, uh, who was our quarterback of the state championship team. You know, I wanted to be Billy Vitello, who was our running back. You know, um, those were my heroes. They really were. Um, not to say, I, you know, I, I grew up, I, you know, watched a lot of um, NFL football and college football. But, you know, my true heroes were those, those young guys that were right there in my hometown that I went to church with and saw them in church on Sunday morning. I was, like, blown away. Like, wow. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, Lane awesome. Thrasher, that was my hero. That's yeah. awesome. So, so when you are the ball boy uh, and you're like, you know, on the sidelines and stuff like that, were you just in awe of, of these guys or was it one of those things where you couldn't wait to compete, you know, when you get older or what? Did you think you're going to be a ball boy for life? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was one of those things. It was like we, the guys that I was, the, the, uh, my buddies that I was with, we almost used our – manager experience because we would it wasn't just a ball boy where we showed up on friday nights for games we went to every practice like start to finish in you know filled water bottles did equipment whatever it was almost like we treated it as like this was our chance to prepare ourselves to start being good football players you know like any I chance we it. had we, you know we were throwing the ball jump you know catching practicing our diving catches into the crash mats and you know uh, coach downey one of his big things was the seven lap run um and, you know, it was more of a mental toughness check than anything. It, um, and he did it uh, weekly with the, the football team. So I remember we, we started running the seven lap run as fourth graders, you know, and running it with and running all seven laps. Like, I can't, you know, a mile <laughs> and three quarters and we would finish it. And, you know, I can still remember, you know, maybe some of the bigger guys, we'd, we'd be passing the big guys, you know, and like finishing in front of them. And then, you know, these high school guys are going like, we, we, you know, I can't be having the manager beat me, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that I, I'll always remember those days. Um, but, but yeah, that's, we were almost in our mind, like in a, in a town like that, you, you're at that age, you're, you're almost preparing yourself. Like you can't wait to be the next guys to do it, you know? So, so, so if, if one of the players, one of the high school players screws up in practice, uh, as a ball boy, are you sitting there like, do you know what they did? And you're like, come on, dude, coach is going to get on you again. Well, did you know I mean, like the plays? Well, yeah, we knew the plays and, um, you know, we knew that like, drills were, were, they were trying to get accomplished. Um, um, I don't know if we had a keen eye to see what, you know, like to make any suggestions <laughs> on improvements or anything, but, but yeah, it was, it was, um, I don't know. Those were different times. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, the next question, I guess maybe it was when you were in fourth grade, but uh, when did you realize you wanted to be a head football coach? 
Um, yeah, I think I started touching on this when I was talking about our, yeah. my inspirations. You know, I, I, I said Steve Hale, um, you know, I owe so much to him. He was, um, you know, became good friends. He took that Olentangy Liberty job, which at that time, like in Central Ohio, as it, you know, it was growing so rapidly, you know, the, the new school jobs were, were, were tough because um, nobody had really won. Nobody was able to take the new school and, and get things going. And, you know, our first year we were one and nine. And then the next year, uh, I believe we went eight and two and, and lost in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, but just, um, you know, like I said, Steve was very, I, I, I owe him everything because he was able, you know, he gave uh, a 24 year old kid, you know, really, I was still a kid. Um, gave me some responsibility, right? You know, I coached quarterbacks. I was offensive coordinator for him, uh, even though him and I kind of worked together on the offense. And, um, you know, so when I, it was just mesmerizing to see the power of football, you know, to see how you're coaching and your work with these kids and like they go out and they do something so special. And, and I think, um, you know, we were talking about this before, I think the thing that I loved about it was how, how difficult it was and you're accomplishing it. You know, I think that's the really cool thing about what drives young men to, to love football is, is really how hard it is. Cause, cause not, you know, 95% of our student body is going to watch football and they're going to play fantasy football and uh, you know, they're going to play Madden on video games, but it's less, less than 5% of the boys are going to actually come out and do it. You know why? Cause it's really hard and it's a lot of commitment. And um, so I think that's what's, what makes it so special. The coach is um, it's just, you look at each other in the eye for, you know, your, your the, the 11 months of the year that you spend together and everybody is on the same mission and we're all working hard for it. And I think that's what makes it so, so special. So let, let's get this straight here. You coach football, uh, you played college baseball. Which sport was your favorite growing up? <laughs> and, you know, probably the sport I had the most success in was basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but again, that was life in the small town. You know, we played all three, and, and that's just the way it, it was. Yeah, I, you know, um, I went to Adrian College, um, which is in southern Michigan, to play. I originally, was going to play football and baseball. Um, and then, you know, my, ba my baseball days, I, you know, I was probably a little bit more, uh, you know, further along as a baseball player um, than as a quarterback at the time. So I chose, like, well, I'm just going to do all baseball. So, yeah, I played four years of baseball at Adrian College and played third base there. Had a great experience. Played for a, a really great guy, Craig Rainey, um, the head baseball coach there. And they've had an unbelievable run. Um, of, of good baseball teams the last 20 years. Good deal. Uh, so explain how you actually got the job um, at Orange because uh, you were you were somewhere else, correct? And then this job came open? Yeah, I was the head coach of Delaware Hayes in uh, 2011, 12, and 13. And, um, you know, really loved my time there and um, got to meet a lot of great people. And, um, you know, we were trying to trying to get things turned around and, you know, worked really hard at it. And, you know, like I said, I, the kids were awesome there and, um, you know, still have a lot of great relationships with the, 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 the folks that I met there, you know, one of the a couple of my former players are now coaching here at orange for us. And, um, but this, you know, the orange job came open, um, 
you know, right at the end of the season. And, you know, I'm, I thought it over for a week or so. And I was just like, you know, at the end of the day, what allows you to be successful in, in a football program is having really, really good people to help you. And I just knew here at Orange that because of the previous time that I had spent in the Olin Tangent District, um, you know, I just knew that I was going to be able to hire a, an incredible staff that I had talked about before. Um, you know, I knew some guys that I coached with that were still teaching in the district. And, um, and, and I knew that at Olin Tangy is just a, is a place that so many people want to move to. You know, I just knew that the possibilities there between that and um, um, the, the, the network that I had already had here, um, that we could come up with an incredible staff and, and do things the right way with a lot of energy. So uh, that's what kind of drove that decision. And uh, now, it's, now it's going into year seven now. So, Do you, do you remember getting the, uh, the, the, the call? for the uh when you got the offer to be the head football coach there do you remember that oh yeah yep john betts ad and uh our principal todd meyer yeah i remember it on a saturday night about probably around seven o'clock <laughs> so yeah. did you give him a yes right away i did i did yeah that's awesome so, that's awesome ready uh, to get to work at that point yeah absolutely as i say so you, you tell the wife hey no netflix tonight man i gotta watch some film yeah <laughs> Are there any specific games um, or plays that you wish you could have back as a, as a coach? A lot of times when I ask this question, it's usually the, uh, you know, the ones that kind of got away. But, you know, some people lately have been bringing up things that were great times in their career that they'd like to kind of relive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I, every game that you come out on the, the losing side of the scoreboard uh, as a football coach, you know, you have things you regret. You know, I mean, uh, that's the hard part. And, and I think as I've grown in the position and the older you get, I think you probably now do less um, so that you can manage the game better. You know, I think sometimes I, I know other football coaches listening, you know, I, I've been on the offensive side of things. And when you're, you know, either calling the offense or heavily involved in the offense, I think you get sometimes more offensive minded instead of being the head coach. I think it's a, it's a, you know, they talk about the dangers of being a head coach and calling plays. You know, I think what's one of the, the rabbit holes you go down sometimes is you just get so ingrained into your call sheet and wanting to score points. You know, I'm, the, you know, you asked that, I mean, the, the one that I still, um, a situation or a game that, that still bothers me. Like I, like literally I will wake up in the middle of the night and think about this. <laughs> it bothers me is, you know, it was 2016 and um, you know, we had a seven point lead in the third quarter and, um, and it wasn't like, I think it was like a 28, 21 or um, I think that might've been the score, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, the other team had scored some points and I, and in my head, I'm like, we, we had just gotten – we had just kicked a field goal to go up two scores. And the, the official, you know, called um, – they called a personal foul on the other team. And um, he kind of came over to me. He's like, so you want to take the penalty? You have first and goal from the nine-yard line or whatever it was. And, and I'm like, yeah, let's go score a touchdown. You know, and I and – and, um, because I wanted – I just felt like we need to score a touchdown here. And I, in hindsight, and I just made this point, we'll never do that again. Um, because of and then the game ended up going into overtime um, in the fourth quarter. So, you know, we had kicked that field goal, you know, and I'm not one of those people that, 
you know, the, the, some coaches, well, the old adage that you never take points off the board of a field goal. I don't think – I don't prescribe to that all the time. But in that situation, I just felt like being an offensive coach and wanting to score touchdowns and, you know, wanting to get a bigger lead, it, it you know, got, a, got ahead of me. So that's one game, no, no question. <laughs> that as a head coach, you learn from it and you want to have back. So do you do you have anybody on staff that kind of kind of calms you down a little bit or or, or takes you back when uh, the game is on the line like that? Do you have any any voice of reason? Because it is tough when you're the one calling the plays. Yeah, you know um, Bobby Roth. Who, you know we've coached together since 2005, and he's you know he's one of my my closest friends, and and um, we can be good and honest with each other in the heat of a moment like that, and. Um, you know, he's now he's now our special teams coordinator. And so being a special teams coordinator, I feel like he's a good guy because he can kind of – he's not calling offensive plays. He's not calling defensive plays. But he's has an incredible ex- amount of experience on both sides of the ball. You know, so I, he's a really good game manager. He thinks like that, you know. So he's he's been very good last last few years of, of you know, hey, you might want to think about this or – you sure you want to do that <laughs> um, or kick the field goal coach. You need to kick the field goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Who are some, who are some players of yours that you see as possible breakout candidates this fall? Oh gosh. I don't, you know, uh, probably I'll leave four or five guys out, but you know, we have a lot of guys that have worked hard that um, have changed their bodies and, um, or, at, you know, in a program like ours, you know, we have, 80, 85 players, um, competition for spots is really tough. So uh, it's not uncommon. You know, we've had some really good football players be one-year starters here. And, um, and, and that's okay. And that's, I, feel, I feel like that's been a hard – it's hard sometimes for some kids to understand that. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I'm thinking through our, our team, you know, one guy, that, uh, Colin McNay, he was a starter for us last year, but he had an injury and then bounced back from the injury – um, but he's one of our unit leaders. Um, he is, uh, I think he can be a, a future football coach. Um, he's just a, just thinks the game and can, can articulate the game is a great leader, just a positive added attitude and energy giver. I think he's going to have a special season, uh, just because of all the intangibles that he brings to our, to our football team. Um, you know, Luke Applegate, uh, our tailback this year, um, you know, he's, he's kind of shared the load a little bit with our the starter the last couple of years, Jake Van Cherry. And, you know, Luke's a, he's a division one lacrosse commit. He's six foot two, 205 pounds, and he's a four, six, 40. And, um, I mean, he, he really looks the part. So I'm really excited for him to kind of have the, the position to be, be, be the guy that, that, you know, totes the rock for us, um, this year, um, you know, Ryan Minot was is our starting center last year. Um, you know, he's a four point student, incredible kid. He's going to be uber successful uh, outside of here. But he gets he's he's strong and gets the most out of every ounce of his body. And you know, I it's kids like that 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 it, you know, really excite you as a coach and um, really bring his unit together. Um, so he's. You know, he's another 15 pounds stronger this year. He's going to have a great year. Um, man, I could go on and on. <laughs> but uh, those are three guys I know that, whether it be circumstance or what they've gone through, I think it, I'm really excited for, for those guys.
Good deal. Um, how important is it for your players to watch film on their own? Obviously, uh, you know, it's so much easier now for kids to be able to do that with huddle and all that stuff. How important is it for your kids? I think it's, uh, I think it's really critical, but I think it starts with you teach us as coaches teaching the kids how to watch film so that they can watch film successfully on their own. Um, you know, our defensive staff does a great job of, you know, like they'll, they'll sit them in the room like they would be in our defense and, you know, they make, they make calls. They, first off, they make situational calls. You know, why does the situation dictate what's about to, to happen? And, you know, how does the situation maybe dictate based on formation what's about to happen? And, you know, so they do a great job of kind of running them through five or six things to think about before <clears throat> they even start, start hitting the play button on the actual play. Um, so um, I think when they get, they get in that routine and um, that getting that rhythm. So when they watch film on their own, they're kind of staying in that rhythm. Okay. Um, you know, offensively, um, I think the, the, the problem that kids, you know, they put on the whole playlist, like, okay, here's, you know, here's Olin Tangy's defense for three games, you know, and then they just, it, it's hard to pick and choose, you know, so what we try to do is just give them like four or five plays to look at for each, uh, whether it's a formation or against this team um, and just study those four or five plays. Um, I think that's, you, we as coaches have to do a, a good job of, of setting them up for success for watching film. We can't just give them all the film, say, hey, go watch the film. Okay. Well, they're going to watch it like they're watching Monday night football. You know? Right. Yeah. They're going to watch the ball instead of what they need to. Yeah. Um, so for you, um, after games on Friday night, do you watch that game film Friday night or do you try to kind of step away from it a little bit and then watch it early Saturday morning instead of Friday night? Um, I probably watch it both. You know, one of the things that I like, I actually really enjoy doing this is, um, yeah, I don't know why it's like a soothing thing for me. Like, I, after the game, I'll intercut our film, you know, so like we'll have like our trade angle, which is the good angle. And then I'll have a really, really wide angle um, that shows all 11, um, like a, you know, big or all 11 on both sides, you know, and then, and then our end zone copy. And I'll usually yeah, have, have some of the guys over to my house and get pizza uh, or we go to one of our assistant ho coaches houses and get pizza. And then I'll take the laptop and just sit with the guys. And as everybody's talking or watching, you know, football Friday night, um, I just like to intercut the game <laughs> and get it done. And, um, but it's just, just a, I don't know. I don't know why I like to do that. Um, That's kind of you know, how you so, unwind a little bit. Yeah. I don't weirdly, you know, or, <laughs> or get, get wound back up maybe <laughs> depending <laughs> on the situation. Um, so yeah, we'll do that. And then um, you get in and on early Saturday morning and, and really start, you know, watching it to, to be critical of yourself. And um, you know, cause that at Friday night, you're not really watching it to the, dive deep into it but Saturday morning I'll try to get in around 6 30 6 45 and and just start diving before the kids get because the kids will work out eight to nine so basically have from seven to nine to watch that film and be able to go over it with them for 45 minutes or so uh do you have any pregame superstition or rituals for you as a as a coach no I weirdly you know with my baseball background you think I'm really superstitious right superstitious but I have I I no, I don't co complicate things with superstitions. So, 
Do you, do you, do you get amped up before games or, or kind of focused, relaxed? I just, I think it's more like just, uh, yeah, like nervous energy or hyper-focus, probably do a lot of pacing. Uh, it's probably something I just, I don't know, through uh, being around, like coaching osmosis, being around Coach Hale, uh, I probably just pace down, up and down our hallway, just like he used to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Who would you say is the uh, most underrated player you've ever coached? Oh man, um, you know th- this is this is going to sound is this is like cheating. Um, I'm going to say the most underrated player I ever coached was first team all all conference, and he was first team all Ohio. But so this is not probably not the answer you're looking for. No, you're good. You've probably never heard of him, and I'll tell you why. Um, so when, when I was coaching, um, first, for Steve at, at, at Liberty, um, our quarterback, it w- was in 2007, it was a kid named Ryan Cypret. And, um, he was about, I don't know, five, seven, five, eight. He's our quarterback, right? He's, he's five, eight and 155 pounds. Um, but he's one of the best high school football players I've seen in central Ohio in 20 years. Um, you know, you take you talk about checking all the boxes in terms of toughness and energy and leadership. Um, but he was our quarterback, and he—I don't know how—he probably ran for close to a thousand yards and threw for like two thousand yards. Um, he was Johnny Manziel before there was Johnny Manziel. He really was. And um, if he would have been a little bigger, you know, he, I think he would have been a Division One football player, um, and would have been big time. But but he was actually he was very good. He, he was a Division One baseball player. He went and played at uh, at Ohio State, um, and was a I don't know, multi-year starter there at second base for them. So so Ryan is probably one of the most under probably under appreciated or unknown like bona fide stars in Central Ohio football. We've had a lot of kids that have played. Um, you know, and most recently one of our our kid a kid named Mason Faulkner. Um, he started at linebacker for us, ended up being a first team all league kid in, in uh, fall of 2018. And, you know, he was kind of similar, very, you know, he's undersized, wasn't very fast, but he just poured himself into that weight room, um, you know, for, for two, three years. And he made himself into, um, you know, a very good high school football player, even though he wasn't the most, uh, you know, blessed with size and speed. So, He's probably somebody that comes to mind most recently. So, so you just mentioned the weight room. How important is the weight room? Obviously, it is very important, but um, are, are there certain kids that show up, uh, you know, in, in the summer and you're like, dude, you have really been working hard in the weight room and it, it shows and, and that's kind of putting those kids in a, in a spot to compete a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the weight room's everything. I, you know, I think for the longest time it was, uh, you know, back when I was growing up, it was, I think the weight room was nobody understood the um, the purpose of the weight room in terms of developing athleticism. You know, I think they just they just um, attributed it to brute strength for so long. But you know, to develop athleticism and power and the ability, your jumping ability and your speed, and then you know we we use a lot we do a lot of things for core strength and flexibility and, and the ability to stabilize your body and. Um, injury prevention, and then you know, in football with a contact sport, or or maybe it's lacrosse or it's wrestling. What you know, contact sports, 
you know, you need body armor, we call it, right? You need to, you need to, the, the strength and the size um, to protect yourself and um, to, to, you know, get through your season healthy. Um, you know, so like, gosh, I mean, you could rattle off 15 or 20 positives of, of now uh, how important it is. And I think our kids now understand that now. Like our kids today are, they're so much more in the know than when we were, in, you know, in 1995, you just thought kids were born strong and that was it, you know, right? Um, so, you know, today, you know, kids understand that. So it's not hard to get them to buy into lifting. You know, the, the, the kids who contribute for us, I mean, they lift year round. Um, and they may take a few weeks off, I guess, at the end of our season, whenever that is. And, um, but after that, they, they get it, you know. So uh, thankfully, when the leadership, the player-driven leadership of our program, they, they understand that, and that's not a fight that we have. Um, they just – they go, and they, and they go year-round to, to do all those – the benefits I just listed. Uh, do you have any advice for somebody who wants to become a high school football coach? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. You, you know, so some things I guess maybe I did or maybe I didn't do um, uh, just off the top of my head. I think one of the biggest things would be to um, learn, you know, you, you all have, you know, I started out my passion was quarterback play and offense and maybe passing game, you know. Um, so I didn't have a passion for D-line te line technique and um, you know, hands on in the run game and, or, you know, linebacker reads. And, and I think you don't know as a young coach, you don't know your path. And it's like, um, I probably had times where, you know, I went to a clinic and I went to five straight speakers who were quarterbacks or passing game or passing concepts. And, and I really wish, I think it would have helped my development or, or, or further development faster if you, okay, maybe go to your top passing guy, do some research on it, but then go to a D-line speaker and, um, and go visit or go visit with a linebacker coach um, and, you know, start to learn the game, and not just in your, your, maybe your, your tunnel view of your, the position that you like. And that's, so I think that's hard for a young coach to do. Um, and so is kind of another other advice is, you know, at a, at a football clinic, you know, it's the, the best resource you can have, like, like utilizing. And I know some guys that like, just like to go to one speaker and then, you know, they're ready for lunch. You know, it's like, no, man, I, I don't know. I, I would encourage young coaches to soak every drop out of, out of the, the, the clinics that you can um, go visit with college coaches. It's probably one I wish I would have done a little bit sooner. Um, you know, and not just, okay, you know, your local big 10 school, but, you know, go, go visit with, um, you know, coaches in the OAC or the NCAC, division three coaches, division two coaches, you know, what, probably one of the best meetings I ever had that has impacted our program was a couple hours I spent with Corey Allen, who's the offensive line coach at the university of Finley. Um, you know, I think he's in, you sit down with him. He's one of the best teachers. Um, in college football, regardless of division, you know, and then and the same thing with Doug Geyser. Doug Geyser is the offensive line coach at Ashland, you know, um, and I think sometimes as coaches, we want to go visit with the guys at Ohio State or the guys at Michigan, and, and rightfully so, and those guys are phenomenal, but, you know, you, you pass up on some, some really great teachers locally, like, you know, I said, you know, Corey and Doug um, have been very, very instrumental in, in our program, our run game. Um, other, uh, other things, I think, you know, 
Um, think about what, if you really want to be a head coach, you know, think about some of the things that you could do in, instead of, um, as an assistant that you can maybe take, take in, in from the head coach and have that experience. So it's not, you know, Steve always had me run his, his um, youth camp over there. And um, I was thankfully, you know, when I had, you know, as a head coach, you have your first youth camp. It was not, it's not your first rodeo doing it, you know. So I think you, you set yourself up for failure as a head coach if the first time running a youth camp, the first time, how about a weight room program? You know, have you thought about what's your, what's your philosophy in the weight room? Because that's a very important part of being a head coach. Um, what's your philosophy in developing speed and power and athleticism? You know, if you go to be a head coach and you've never done any of that stuff, like, um, and you're just not giving yourself a very good chance to start for success. So, um, sorry, another long-winded answer, but no, that's good, uh, man. That, that's good. <laughs> I, I always figure, you know, people that are, that are doing the job now have advice for people who want that, you know, type of job. Yeah. But what about, what about fundraising too? Because I think that's something, especially the smaller schools, that's, that is huge um, and important to, for them to do in the community. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of getting, yeah, same thing, you know, how does that process work and what are some, what are some challenges you might run into and, uh, you know, here at our school, I don't know, we have like 27 sports, you know, so that's 27 sports that are trying to fundraise. So it gets, it gets tough to find your niche. Like what are you going to do for a fundraiser that somebody else isn't doing, you know, so um, that can be difficult. Um, <laughs> you know, thankfully, you know, in our community, um, you people, you know, love the football program and they're very supportive. And, um, you know, we've had it, we've had a good success with the stuff we do, but we, you know, we also do, we don't try to do a lot, uh, but the things we do, we try to do it really big, you know? So like we sell, um, local establishment discount cards and then we do a golf outing and, and that's it. You know, we're not doing fundraisers every two weeks and then people get tired of them. You know, right. we, we do these two things in the summer and we try to go really big with them. Well, I feel, I feel bad for the teachers there. Kids got to be hitting teachers up with, Hey, buy our track shirt, buy our base, right? Yeah. 27 sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it gets, it gets to be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. So, so what do you do outside of uh, football for fun? Um, I think the, the most fun I have right now is just, yeah, it's probably spending time with my own kids, my, my family. Um, you know, my, I have a daughter, she'll be five in September and my son will be, he's two and a half right now. So they're at, uh, you know, it's a challenging age, but it's a fun age. It's, you know, so if I'm not, uh, if I'm not working on football or working on school, um, I'm probably playing with them. You know, I don't, I, that's the other thing is, you know, I guess advice to the head coach, like if you're going to be a successful head coach, I'm not sure how many passions outside of your family and football or whatever that sport is, you know, like it's, it's pretty hard to be a good head football coach and, and be a, you know, a par golfer and, <laughs> and be, you know, be good at playing poker and, you know, <laughs> go duck hunting and fishing and you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, there's only so many, so much time in the day that, you know, something's going to, something's going to give there. Something's going to lose out on your time. So, you know, you don't want that to be your family. You don't want that to be your kids and you don't want that to be your job, you know? So that's kind of my home base right there. If I have any 
free time, I, I'm usually reading, you know, like it's funny all those years, I think back to, uh, okay, here's some more advice for the young listeners. Um, like when you're in your, your, you know, middle school, high school, college and 20 and mid twenties, you think about all the free time you have. And I look back and I'm like, why did I not read more? You know, and it wasn't until I was probably in my late twenties or thirties where I developed a passion for reading and, you know, reading about successful leaders or reading about history. It's like, that's the two things I read about. And um, so like, I'll get, I'll set my alarm for 5 a.m. just so I can get up and have fresh coffee and read for a half like hour. John Gruden, man, getting, yeah. up, <laughs> getting up at 3.23 a.m. every yeah. day, man. So it's one of those things where you realize what your parents or what your teachers were telling you, right? You oh, realize that when no you get older. question. <laughs> no question. Awesome. All right, coach. I really appreciate you being on the podcast and best of luck this fall, man. All right. Hey, thanks to, uh, thanks again for having me and it's good to connect again. And, um, I appreciate it. Let me know if you need anything down the road. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the bases loaded podcast and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at basis podcast.